It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's Your Life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and uh, we really got a wow, wow, wow night tonight. I mean, I tell you. We're going to be talking about Star Wars. Uh, we got one of the characters that been in a, a lot of the projects and also starred in a couple of the movies. And I know my producer is a big sci-fi Star Trek uh, Star Wars fan. How you doing, Noah? I'm doing well, James. And yeah, that is an understatement. Sci-fi <laughs> fan definitely have loved Star Wars. And so probably I was... Just way too young to understand most of life, but it's very near and dear to my heart, and it's a great show. People better buckle up. Eight, nine, ten bags of popcorn tonight. I believe that they need to do all of that, and I tell you, uh, you know, I got my co-host here, Michelle Cooley. Uh, but you know what? And uh, my great producer, who is, uh, I tell you, uh, an expert in the Star Wars movie, sci-fi, he's going to be asking a lot of the questions. Michelle is going to sit back and, and learn a little bit. But most importantly, we got a fantastic guest, you know, that uh, is going to educate us in all of this stuff. And uh, the title of the show is The Talents and Career of an Animated uh, Artist. But not just that. Uh, he's an actor. Uh, he, he does so many things and we're going to delve off into all of those things and find out a little bit more about him and some of the things that he has done and what he's doing currently right now. And if you want to be part of the conversation, you can call in live and talk to this great man at one 888 Again, that's one 888 Yes, you know, to have this type of talent, I mean, that's a God-given talent. It is, it's amazing. We go to movies and we see, you know, things are animated. We see, you know, thing, movies like Star Wars or just, just any sci-fi, you know, movies. You just see the talent in the characters they create. And it is amazing. It, it to me is a God given talent and it, it's, it's definitely something to brag about, something to celebrate. And we're celebrating this gentleman tonight. Um, Noah. Are you excited, man? I I I I I need to feel the rating. Excited, rating. man! Oh. When I was able to confirm this yesterday, just graciously <laughs> reaching out to Mark because we had an opening on the show. Uh, I've been like a little kid, man. Every time I talk to this guy, I get excited to learn something new because he has so many stories. It is just amazing. Well, I tell you, I I want to dive right off into this, Monsieur. Can you uh, first? Uh, Tell us about the purpose of the show today. Yes, the purpose of the show today is learn how Mark Austin began his career as an artist. Discover how his talents have been transformed into the big and small screens. Discover Mark's creative animation process regarding some of his famous works. And learn what is next on the horizon for this talented animated artist. Can you introduce this great man to our listening audience? Yes, Mark Anthony Austin, born in the UK, Mark was always very much an artist. For his Bachelor of Arts degree, Mark animated a 10-minute short film entitled Father, which was nominated for a BAFTA, going on to win numerous international awards. Mark started his professional career in 1989 with Wyatt Contenio Animation Studio in London, overseeing the commercial campaigns of the company's largest European brand names, including Tetley Tea Bags, Rabina, and the Swiss Bank Corporation. In January 1994, Mark moved to the United States to work for Lucas Films Industrial Light and Magic. 
His introduction to the movie industry began with Steven Spielberg's Casper after firmly establishing himself as a competent CG supervisor animator. Mark was given charge of all creature animation on Star Wars, a new hope special edition. Mark's works include uh, begin a 13 year career with Walt Disney feature animation as a supervising animator on such projects as Dinosaur, Treasure Planet, Disney World's 3D Attraction, Mickey's Philharmonic, Philharmonic, Chicken Little, and Bolt. 2009, Mark became the head of animation at the Third Floor Inc., the world's leading and only international pre visualization company. In his five years there, he had the privilege of working closely with such directors as Steven Spielberg, Sam Raimi, Josh Whedon, Peter Berg, Rob Coleman, and to name a few. We are so excited. The James Cooley Show presents. Mark Anthony Austin. Mark, uh, there's a lot of other stuff that uh, you were there. The, the one and only Ivan Man in Black International, Curiello. Hey, Mark, man, we are so excited. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So wow. Happy. Hey, I'm so happy that, uh, just like uh, my great producer just mentioned, uh, he called you up. I was shocked that uh, you uh, was able to accept at a short notice because I know how busy you are. You know, so Mark, well, can, you, <laughs> can you tell our audience about growing up in the UK? Yeah. I mean, growing up in the UK, I would never have dreamed that I would be ending up working in California. I would never have dreamed that. Uh, you know, as a kid, I was, I was an artist. I was always drawing. Uh, I was drawing from morning till night and at first, my mother uh, just thought I was tracing, like uh, I drew a Winnie the Pooh. And my mother thought I traced it. She thought I put the paper over the top and I traced Winnie the Pooh. And then she looked at the page and she realized that the Winnie the Pooh on the page was one much smaller than the one I'd drawn. And then she realized I could draw, you know. And so she's been a, she's been a huge, huge kind of advocate for me pursuing art for my career. And uh, she's the one that pushed me all the time and said, you know, good things come to those who wait, you know, just stay with it and, you know, finally you'll make it. And so she's been my rock throughout this whole career path. So, you know, if it wasn't for her, um, I, I wouldn't be where I am. So. That's that's great, Mark. You know, someone's encouraging your talent. That's a great thing. So, Mark, for your bachelor's degree, you animated the 10-minute short film Father. Can you tell us about this project and how long did it take for you to co actually complete it? Well, in, in, it's a three-year course. And in the third year, your whole year is meant to be devoted to creating a movie. And then that movie gets judged, you know. And that's how you get your uh, grade from for your bachelor's degree. Um, I couldn't work out what I was going to make my movie about. I, I'm the worst procrastinator in the world. And um, it wasn't until uh, somebody was asking me about my father and I realized that my father, I, I was, I'd slipped back into my old self and I was referring to my father as my, as my uh, real father when he was my stepfather. And so, um, the movie is about the day I found out my stepfather wasn't my father and following that knowledge, I have uh, no memory. Like for about three months, I don't remember to this day uh, what happened after hearing those words. But as soon as, as, soon as the, um, uh, the, the police woman asked my mother, uh, how long have you known Mr. Davis, who was my stepfather? She said 13, uh, 11 years. And this woman confirmed, and your eldest son's 13. And that's the last thing I heard. And so I thought, I'm going to make that into a movie. And so I spent my third year making uh, this movie. I, I didn't think of it until Christmas. So I'd wasted half the year. And I, I, I showed my uh, storyboards to the, uh, the, the assessor that's come in. And he said, this is too ambitious. This looks like a, a six-minute movie. It's, it's way too ambitious. You're going to have to cut something out. Now, I just divulged how personal that movie is to me. Um, I didn't want to cut anything out. So he, he said, you've got four months to finish this. So those four months, I, I just worked 
you know, day and night, <laughs> stand up, you know, way into the night, every night. And I finished it. It was uh, 10 minutes long and it gets nominated for a BAFTA, so. Wow. Yeah. You know, this is uh, fascinating. You know, we're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back and we really going to get a chance to know Mark Anthony. It's your life. I'm James Cole. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. FM 96.1 North County AM 1170 San Diego The Answer It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and we got Mark Anthony Austin here, Star Wars. I mean, it can't get any bigger than this, uh, you know, because I I know most of us, Lisa, I am, Michelle is, and I know my great producer is sci-fi. Oh, who, me? Um, I, yeah, Wars. I might know about Star Wars. <laughs> oh, and if you want to be part of the conversation, that's one 1170 Again, that's one 1170 Mark, did you always want to work on the behind-the-scenes aspects of movie, movies growing up? If not, what did you want to do then? Um, I originally wanted to illustrate children's books, uh, and I figured I was going to use my drawing for that. And uh, and when, when it came to choosing a college, they encouraged me to take a, a general art course, which is a, a year course, a two-year course. I managed to ask them to do it in a year, uh, a general art course, just to try everything, just to see, you know, it, it, there might be something you discover is really your passion, you know. So I did everything from photography to ceramics to screen printing, and at the end of it, she said, "Have we?" Have we covered all our bases? You know, are you still set on being an illustrator? And I said, well, I've always been fascinated by animation. And she's like, well, I don't know what we can do. We don't have any anyone that can teach you that. So she just suggested I, I concentrate on making storyboards and try to use those to get into college. And, and that's what I did. I storyboarded a couple of shorts. And luckily, they I guess they were clear enough that the um the school to Wales uh, had something to offer so uh, that's how you know, i got my break you know i uh, this is is great uh can you tell uh our listening audience how did you get into the movie making business and what was your first break um well i was five years in commercials which isn't really the movie industry my first break came from um uh, a friend of mine going to see a Jurassic Park lecture. He went off to see this lecture in London, and late that night he gave me a call. He said, I'm, I'm hanging out with the guys from from ILM, from uh, Lucasfilm. 
I said, oh, that's great, Steve, you know. And he said, oh, no, they, they want animators. And at this time, uh, I'd been animating commercials five years. And I said, that's, that's fine, but I don't know the first thing about computers. I'm sure they want computer animators. And he goes, no, no, they, they want uh, guys that use a pencil and paper, traditional animators. They want to teach those guys the computer rather than have computer guys spend two, three years learning animation. You know, they think they can teach you this uh, software in 10 weeks. And I was like, really? And so he said, um, I'll give you their hotel phone number. So he gave me the hotel phone number, and I called him at the hotel and asked him, could I show you my uh, portfolio and show real because I hear you're looking for animators. And I expected them to say, how did you get this number and hang up? But uh, no, they invited me along, and they, they, they loved, loved my work. Well, they said they did, but you hear that. And people go away. Oh, I love your work, and they go away, and you never hear from them again. But uh, they said they said they liked it, and they left. And three weeks later, I got a phone call. So that was my that was my break. I mean, that's a huge break. Hey, Mark, producer Noah here, and uh, wow, it seems like it's been forever since I've talked to you. Anyhow, uh, and I know the answer to this, but I want you to explain to our audience, to James, did you ever get to have George Lucas himself? look over directly any of your work and get any feedback? Because that would be pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, I did. And um, the whole uh, blue screen shoot, which has happened, happened six months before, and I was hoping George would turn up, and he never did. So I was like, oh, man, I'm never going to get to meet my idol. You know, I, I loved his book. I loved his movies. You know, I, I thought he was, like, he was my favorite director. Um then six months after that blue screen shoot is when I, I, I got the part uh, or the only animated position that there was for creature animation on New Hope. And so on that movie, yes, I did get to work with Jules. So it took six months to come, but I finally got to work with him and, and show him my work. And he was always super appreciative of uh, the fact that I, I gave us um, – things to talk about. Uh, for instance, I would, instead of giving just what the storyboard had dictated the shot should be, I would give them an alternate version and I'd ask him which he liked the, the best. And he loved that. He loved being involved. And so, um, yeah. And so that for me, that was the most rewarding. Was, I was watching, working with my hero and there was one time I showed him a piece of animation. It was when the stormtrooper is dismounting off of the dewback in Tatooine. And uh, he was convinced that that was live action animation. And, and uh, so, no, I, I, I hand keyed that. I, I made those poses. Uh, that's completely artificial. And for him to think that that was uh, live action was like the biggest hugest compliment. And, and hearing it come from him, it was like, you know, that was, you know, I haven't got words to describe. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. I mean to get praise is great for you know for the type of work that you do and it makes you feel good. But to get it from the master himself, that's yeah. a whole other level. Yeah, that, that's what, so. I mean, it, 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 that, that was true validation. And so, I, I'm lucky enough, I've, I've had a few of those moments, but that was uh, the first one, and that was, that was uh, the time that I really. Uh, and I got, got rewarded, you know. I got rewarded for, for what I do. Um, most of the time you get, you, nobody doesn't know, you know who does the animation. They, they, they watch the movies, and they love the movies, and they like the animation, but they, they don't really, you know, care to find out who did it. So, um, yeah, it, it, was good to, it was good for my hero to be the one as well. That's a pretty good hero to have. And I know, like myself, you loved Star Wars growing up, and... Pre Boba Fett, what what was your favorite character in the franchise, and then why did you switch to the Fett when he was introduced? Um, before before I was always fascinated. I fell in love with the Stormtrooper helmet just because of all those curves. The Stormtrooper helmet is just it's just for an artist. I just uh, you know, everything's swooping and. Uh, I, I don't know. That was my that was my passion. Uh, a lot of people liked Darth Vader, but 
uh, I always wanted a Stormtrooper uniform to wear. And um, that changed when I saw that uh, mail-away uh, offer from uh, Canada Toys for the Boba Fett action figure. And um, I, I think it was main, mainly the biography, being a loner and a bounty hunter. And I loved Clint Eastwood. I loved uh, Fistful of Dollars, all those spaghetti westerns. Uh, I, I loved the fact that his helmet was reminding me of like a Spartan helmet and, and those old uh, knights in armor, the T-visors. Um, everything about the design and the biography kind of resonated with me. So... That's why I latched on to Boba Fett. And I love the Stormtrooper, always will. But, uh, yeah, Boba Fett's my, uh, my guy. <laughs> and then working in the behind-the-scenes area of those movies and digital effects, how did you get that actual opportunity to play the man in the green mask that we just talked about, Boba Fett? I know that was like a dream come true for you. You were probably just like a kid in a candy store. I was. Uh, it was... Well, I I never thought I'd get, get to even look at the real suit. And um, I got the opportunity to go along to the archives and uh, look at the suit, and I took pictures. I have pictures of me uh, holding the suit, and, and uh, I met Don Bees, who runs the archives. And he said, you know, we got on so well. He said, you know, if you ever want to come back, you know, and show someone around, just give me a call, and if I'm, we're not busy, you, you can drop by. I'm like, really? You know, so he he knew, I got to know him, and he knew I loved Boba Fett, and that is a strong, uh, one of the reasons why I end up in the suit. Because six months later, they decide that they're going to do a kind of uh, a summit at Skywalker Ranch, so he asked for volunteers to be stormtroopers, my first passion. And so everyone responds and says, oh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly jump in a uniform for four hours. Uh, they had such a response, they made it, they decided to make it a much bigger um, affair. And instead of just being Stormtroopers and Darth Vader, they cre recreated the whole cantina. And there was one particular character that I had a passion for that they needed someone to jump in the suit for. And so when Donby's called me and he said, uh, come along and you get to try the suit on. If you, if it fits, you can do it. If it doesn't fit, you can't do it. We'll find you another character. And so um, going along and putting that the suit on, uh, I, I figured it can't get any better than this. You know, then I mean, how awesome is that? You go into working on the movie for a special effects thing, which is still awesome. You were able to work on Star Wars, but at the end of the day, you got to play your favorite character. Yeah, that I mean, how, awesome. how many people can uh, how many people can claim that? I mean, I don't know to, ha to have that as your uh, passion, and then twenty years later, you're on the silver screen. You know. As that how, character. <laughs> how important are the fans of Star Wars, Boba Fett, and for Mark Austin to you? I that's why I love doing the cons. I love doing the cons because you get to you know see face to face, meet all these guys that have shared, you know shared passions. They have all the, sh the same passions I do. The things I love, they love. You know, um, we, we're I'm a Star Wars fan uh, before being a, uh, an actor in it. Um, you know, I, I was a fan for years and years and years before. So going to cons, I get to kind of hang out uh, for the whole day and meet people that have, like I said, the, the, the same passions I do. And I ask them, I say, you know, I know why I love Boba Fett, what, but why do you love Boba Fett? And I was in Nashville two weeks ago, and I made it a point to ask as many people as I could remember to ask. And, you know, it didn't matter what age they were. And it boiled down to only two answers came back. And, and most of the time, people would start with one and then add the other one. But the two answers were either uh, the way he looks, you know, the, the design, or his presence, the way he has kind of a screen presence and he can just stand there. Wow. 
You know, this is uh, fascinating. But we're going to have to take a station break. But we're going to come back and continue to have this discussion with more Austin and find out a little bit more about Star Wars and all other things that he is working on or just recently did. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer, San Diego. Streaming now on iHeart.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I tell you, we're talking to a very talented and career, uh, which you know, the title of the show, just in case, uh, listener, you forgot, is the talent and career of an animated artist. And we got Mark Anthony Austin here. Uh, you know, just like we mentioned, uh, Star Wars, Lucas Films, uh, a lot of different things. If you want to be part of the conversation, that's one eight eight eight. 344-1170. Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. Hey, Mark, you are currently working for Netflix. Tell us about the work you do for them. Is it a different kind of work, different kind of work and working relationship than you had with uh, Lucasfilms and ILM? Um, yeah, working for Netflix uh, is it's like working for Disney again because uh, it's actually Netflix uh, Animation Studio which hired me. I wasn't sure. Uh, when I joined Netflix, they had yet to announce that they were actually you know, a, a proper animation studio. And since I've joined them, they have made that announcement. So I joined Netflix, but I am employed by Netflix Animation Studio, if that makes any sense. Um so the, the studio is not so much like ILM, but a lot more like Disney because, you know, it's purely uh, animated movies, uh, no live action. Um, it's, uh, I, 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 I have nothing bad to say about working for Netflix. They are like so, being so understanding this whole pandemic uh, Netflix have been, you know, the, the first to respond and just said, you know, before anyone was sent home, two weeks before, they said, pack, your, you know, pack up, go home. We will, in the next two weeks, find a way to bring your workspace to you, uh, you know, if, if it comes to that. But go home. And they have been, you know, just amazing. Uh, so, like, um, understanding and, and for you know realizing they they because of the pandemic they will lessen their workload on people you know they will sporadically out of the blue give you a four day weekend just for like you know hard doing hard work during this pandemic so Netflix I I got nothing bad to say about that company I I, I love uh, working for Netflix and I've also. It's different working for Netflix in that they've given me a lot more creative freedom than I ever had at Disney as well. Um, I'm really working with them on making movies, you know, in whatever capacity I can. And uh, and so that's a, that's a huge – I've never worked for a company like that. Um, but it kind of makes my job – description now kind of vague because I'm doing 
animation, I'm doing cinematography, I'm doing design, I'm doing story. Um, it, it's yeah, it, it's 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 weird. It's like they've broken down the barriers between departments a bit more. You you collaborate with other people, and we collectively make movies. It, it's it's a weird. It's a weird scenario, but um, I'm glad you asked that because, you know, I, I think people need to know that Netflix are a great company to work for because, you know, I thought a lot of people, when I say I work for Netflix, they say, oh, if I wasn't, wasn't for Netflix, I would never have made it through the lockdown, you know? So um, the fact that uh, they're a good company to work for, as well as helping people through, uh, you know, uh, hard times with great content, you know, um, I think I've found... Uh, I found my 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 place that you know, I'm, I'm hoping to stay for a while. So, wow, um, you know, yeah. I, you you were speaking of COVID. Uh, what has uh, the pandemic taught you about the importance of family, and what are your in your priorities as a family man? How has working at home have it been a blessing? I mean, I know you probably used to being on set. Yeah, well. I have to tell you, um, James, that before I would not see my family that much. It, it, the movie industry isn't very kind when it comes to hours. So my working hours were 10-hour days, but the studio was an hour-and-a-half drive, so that would be 13 hours I'd be gone. And then you have that hour cool-down after driving, you know, especially living in Los Angeles. You need an hour to cool down. And so I really didn't, I thought I knew my family, but I, I really did, didn't know how much I didn't know my kids until the lockdown. And I don't know if I want to give that up anymore. I think, I think I'd like to stay working from, from home. I, uh, you know, we've, we've grown such uh, a bond during this time as a family unit that it's funny. It's funny that something good should come out of something so terrible. But with, with my family, it has. It's like we, we are much, much, much closer. And I find it a blessing to work from home. I just like being around, you know, um, uh, just being on hand uh, when I was absent before. And it took a pandemic to make studios give working from home a chance. It took something that big for them to overcome their, uh, you know, basically lack of trust, uh, you know, that you're going to go home, you're going to work the hours that they want you to work. Um, but, you know, it, so many studios have found that, you know, their output has increased because people are happier and more comfortable working from home. Yes, yes. I mean, I've always worked from home, Mark, and it's definitely a blessing, let me tell you. So, Mark, if you can change one thing in the work you have done over the years, what would it be? If I could change one thing in my work? Yes. If you can change one thing in the work you have done over the years, what would it be, if any? <laughs> I would definitely go back and change a lot of my early work, if I could go back. Uh, I would even go back and change some of my Star Wars animation uh, if I could. Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, um, there were things I wish I'd done while I had the opportunity to do them, and now it's too late in my career. But then, you know, you, I found that my career has really kind of like uh, taken me on a, a journey that I. I, I couldn't have anticipated, you know, I couldn't have foreseen the path I'd taken. And, you know, it, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm I, every day feel blessed uh, to have this career. And, and again, it goes back to my mother. My mother always said that she said, you, the most thing about important, uh, the most important thing about your career choice is that you're going to be devoting a third of your life to this. And so job uh, satisfaction has to be your number one priority in your job choice. If you don't like doing this job eight hours a day, 
then you need to do to something else. So she, again, I, there wasn't many choices when it came to art careers. My stepfather actually was uh, not a nice man. He would say, you know, only the uh, the famous uh, artists are the dead ones. Right? Not very encouraging words, you know, especially for a young kid that's thinking of being an artist. It's like, oh, well, none of my paintings are going to be worth anything unless I die. You know? And that's the kind of the seed he planted. But my mother, on the other hand, you know, she would, uh, she was always kind of, you know, um, sometimes over the top, uh, encouragingly, like my, my brother would open up a huge present and it would be this, you know, train set. My sister would open up this huge present. It'd be a doll's house. And I'd open up this huge box and it would be an easel. Oh, you know, Christmas Day, an eight-year-old doesn't want an easel. <laughs> but uh, that's the only negative, the negative thing. Negative thing I'm going to say about my mother. Uh, other than that, she's been gold. So. Yeah, I know she's been a huge influence in your life, Mark. Producer Noah again. And I know there's probably some Star Wars fans out there that are listening. And maybe they didn't even know until today that you played Boba Fett in a New Hope special edition. Well, now they do. But they're probably wondering which you and I have talked about on my podcast and my radio show before. So if you played it in a New Hope special edition, why weren't you Boba Fett in The Empire Strikes Back and The Return of the Jedi that they eventually remade with some tweaks as well? Well, because originally they were never going to make an Empire Strikes Back special edition or a Return of the Jedi special edition. Originally, they were just going to do New Hope special edition because... They figured with the prequel, prequel releases, you know, having the new improved digital effects, you know, and, and each one probably you know, outdoing the last one in digital effects, it would go up and up and up, you know, episode one, two, three, and they didn't want it to kind of drop down to optical 1970s effects. They wanted to just give it a little boost so that it was it would lessen like a lessen the drop, and so had I known they were going to do an empire and a Jedi, I would probably never have left, and I probably might not be speaking to you. You know, it would have been a different future for me. I would have stayed in Marin County and never come to Los Angeles. But because they at the time had no plans to make any other special editions, that's why I gladly kind of. Uh, took the opportunity to um, take up Disney on their offer and um, and left. Now, it's still great, though, Mark, because just the fact that you can look back on your movie career, even though most of it was behind the scenes with a lot of the digital stuff, you can be very happy and have a grin to grin uh, if you were just, hey, I got to play my favorite character in Star Wars growing up. That's an awesome thing. Yeah, the fact, just the fact that I can say the words, I am Boba Fett, just never, ever, ever will get old. <laughs> no, that is fantastic. But you know, we got to take a station break. But we're going to come back and continue our discussion with Mark Anthony Austin, better known Boba Fett. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. 
Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley. Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer San Diego. Streaming now on TuneIn.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I tell you, we're having so much fun uh, with Mark Austin. And, and I tell you. I got to go back and revisit all of the Star Wars movie movies again. And I'm excited about that. If you want to be part of the conversation, that's 1-888-344-1170. Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. Yeah, I, I, I was telling you guys a great guest to have for May the 4th. And hey, Mark, I know that in playing Boba Fett, You've been able to get close to some of the other people that have played him. So, like, for instance, in Empire and Jedi, the special editions for those movies, and the original Boba Fett, Jeremy Bullock, God rest his soul, that recently passed away. Tell us about that experience, what it means to you. Um, Well, you know, I I, I didn't, because I was a fan of Boba Fett, I didn't even think of anything beyond playing the part you know that was kind of the, the penultimate that was that was the goal that was that was the dream come true you know i didn't think there was anything to come in addition to that but doing these conventions uh, with the other actors you get to spend you know a lot of time in their company um the very first uh con i did was actually 2002 and it was in newark and it was a con, uh, a charity for the 9-11, for the firemen's uh, department that was making a, a charity for that. And so I go to this convention. It's my first one. I don't know what I'm doing. And they stick me on a table. Uh, I, I made one headshot, and I had, like, I don't know how many hundreds of prints of it. Uh, I had one headshot specially done for it. And they sat me on on this table, and I look to my my right, and there is Darth Vader. And look to my left, and there is Uncle Owen. So I've got David Prowse on one side, and I've got Phil Brown on the other side. And I I, I'm, I just want to look to my side. I, you know, there's people lining up on my table <laughs> and wanting me to sign these headshots. But but I was distracted by the fact that I was sitting between two of my childhood heroes, you know, <laughs> and and being spoken to as though I was an equal of those guys, you know. That's the weirdest thing. I, I wanted to, you know, completely freak out as a fan, and yet these guys were talking to me <laughs> as them. And that was, the, that was the very first con, and ever since then, every con I go to, you befriend more and more, and more and more of the guys, especially a lot of the original uh, trilogy used British actors because so much of it was filmed in the UK. And so a lot of the guys from the original trilogy come over from the UK. And so obviously being a Brit as well, um, we just got on, you know, like uh, like I I met... um, uh, Pam Rose, uh, and I met uh, uh, Daniel Logan. I met all these guys that um, were kind of like, you know, he- he- heroes of mine or become heroes because they've been in Star Wars since. And now they're uh, friends of mine that, you know, ask me if I'm going to be attending the con. And I, you know, I say I am or I'm not, you know. And they're happy if I am and disappointed if I'm not. And if I'm not, they usually say, oh, you should talk to this guy. <laughs> you try and arrange it or pull some strings. But it's, it's so weird to have friends of your childhood heroes. That, that's the, the freakiest part, the, the fact that 
um, they, they call me up and, and ask me how I'm doing, you know, <laughs> like so bizarre, so bizarre. I know you've also told me that Jeremy has taught you some things over the years and maybe just kind of an outlook to have on life. Share with us, you know, what he's passed on to you. Yeah, well, that was mainly because, um, well, I, Jeremy claimed that I had met him and, uh, and I spoke to Aaron Proctor. Aaron Proctor is the, the guy who runs the Boba Fett fan club. So he said, oh, I'll pull some strings. I'll get you to meet Jeremy. I said, please do, because I'd love to meet him. And Aaron comes back and says, Jeremy says he's had lunch with you. I said, Aaron, I would remember. There's no way I'd forget something like that. He's my hero. How, how would I forget having lunch with my hero? It's not happened. And so um, he arranged that we meet at a celebration on 2015. And so I went to Los Angeles celebration and uh, we went along and uh, met Jeremy and uh, you know, he's such a gracious guy, and he he was really uh, he really he set the tone. He he was very adamant about that the sets had to be cool, the sets had to be uh, approachable, the sets had to be the kind of guys that people would leave the con saying, "Oh, I met that guy," you know. I met that guy, and not, not you know, there was a there's an importance to that. Those fans have travelled. Some of those people that I saw two weeks ago had driven 14 hours just to see me. Oh wow! So, so you have to, you have to, you know. And the worst thing is the uh, jet lag. Yeah, and I know it's only two hours difference, but. I can't sleep in hotels. So my first night in a hotel is very bumpy, very lumpy. I, I can't sleep. Uh, then I'm, you know, having to do everything two hours earlier than I think it is with that two hours difference. And so progressively the days get harder and harder to be kind of, you know, your, your peppy self, but you have to do it. Jeremy was very adamant that, you know, that, that that's, that, that's us giving back, you know, so um, he was uh, kind of you know, my mentor. And, um, yeah, we had a nice chat. The last time that we had a nice chat was in 2017 at London Film and Comic-Con. And it was so nice to see him. I saw him in the green room. He was over by the coffee machine. And so I went over, and he was like, can I pour you a cup of coffee? I was like, sure you can, Jeremy, you know. I should be pouring you a cup of coffee, but you make sure a cup of coffee and then overcomes uh, Sylvester McCoy, one of the Doctor Who's, and also he was in Lord of the Rings as well. Uh, something the Brown, Radagast the Brown or something like that. He comes over and then Maz Mickelson walks up and there's a three of us standing there having a conversation with coffee. Completely surreal, you know, uh, for a fan like me. And yet they're talking as though I belong there. But I feel like the only, <laughs> the only, the odd one out. You know, if there's like a where's Waldo, I'm Waldo, you know, in that crowd. <laughs> but, um, yeah, all, all the fets, we, we, we kind of have this kind of uh, unspoken kind of brotherhood. Uh, between us, like I, I'm friends with John Morton, I'm friends with Don Bees. I spoke to him just the other day. I just met, was at the uh, convention with Dickie Beer. I speak to Daniel all the time, um, and, and you know, uh, I think I think we're a tight bunch. But uh, I think people like the fact that we're friends outside of the movies. They, they kind of uh, they enjoy that we have a camaraderie that goes beyond the camera. Wow. You know, you're a very busy man. So what other projects are you working on or that uh, haven't been released yet? You know, I'm, I'm sure um, our, our listening audience want to know a little bit about that. Yeah, there, there was a project that I w was working on last year because you have to realize that uh, when I did special effects, special effects are the last people to work on a movie. You know, it's all been shot. 
it's all been approved, all the footage we just have to add the effects to, and then it gets a score put on it and it gets released. So effects happens really late. But now when I'm doing designing of movies, especially for Netflix, I'm on at the beginning of the movie. And so we create this movie kind of package and we give it to Lucasfilm. Like they're currently gonna the ones that are doing the my current project. But uh, last year, I was working on another animated feature that has been announced, so I can uh, disclose it. It's called uh, Back to the Outback. It's a, an animated feature. It's for kids. Uh, but I think adults will enjoy it as well. It's got some humor that, that will resonate with adults. It has a lot of charm. And it's about uh, creatures from the outback, you know, obviously from uh, London. Uh, sorry, London. <laughs> Back to the outback. Uh Australia, um, the Australian zoo, they escaped from the Australian zoo to try and get back to the outback, back to their home. Or so they think, question mark. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Mark, we're coming on toward the end of the show. Don't want to let it go, but, uh, you know, uh, you know how it is with radio and television. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank you so much for taking the time uh, for coming on the show. Now, I, I do believe that you're going to be on my producer's show tomorrow. Uh, uh, Noah, you want to say a little bit about Yeah, that? sure. It's not my radio show, as people are no, used to hearing. But outside of radio, I have a podcast. It's called the Holden Pattern Podcast. They can look it up on hipcast.com and drop in a chat after I get off the station this evening that Mark and I recorded last weekend. It's They're going to find out a lot about... More than we discussed this evening. Some of what we discussed this evening, it's a good chat, and people should tune in. Well, you know, I certainly want to get you back on a more real soon because uh, an hour is not enough time, you know, uh, and uh, you are fascinating, and I really appreciate all the things you're doing. I'm a big fan, even bigger fan now, but uh, thanks so much for taking the time to come on. I'd like to thank my uh, co-host, uh, Michelle Cooley, uh, you know, for always being here. I'd like to thank my great, great producer, Noah. Most importantly, I'd like to thank my listening audience for taking the time to tune in nightly. You know, and uh, we're always looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring this great message your way. I tell you, we'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. I'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been the James Cooley Show. It's your life where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's your life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley.